0: Well, and welcome to Crux Investor. We caught up earlier today with Alan Pangborn. He's the new CEO of Chesapeake Gold. A bit of a turnaround story here with the introduction of the Alderney oxidization technology. They're hoping that will change the fortunes of Chesapeake going forward. We listen intently to their plans. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, their solution, the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find detailed company reports and analysis there to help you uh, along your way, plus commentary from experts from all around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. There are training videos on there to help you with your diligence, plus summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their ideas, content, and thoughts with each other in a nice friendly environment. So why not go and join them at cruxinvestor.com. club and we'd love your feedback too, so do give us a like, we appreciate it. Leave your thoughts below we get back to absolutely everyone. And of course, if you want to see precisely what we talked about today, take a look in the
1: description below. Alan Hayding, sir. I'm good. How are you, Matthew?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. Where in the world
1: are you? Um, I'm in not so sunny Vancouver, but at Ah, least it's not raining today. Very good, very good.
0: Have you been stuck there a while or have you been down at camp or how's it working?
1: Um, no I mean you're not traveling much at the moment, and Canada keeps tightening up the restrictions and tightening up how you can return and now they've made it almost impossible to to travel so haven't been tra- been able to travel um I made one trip in October when I was still on the border Tmac and prior to that I almost got stuck in Guyana right when it all started when I was with the Guyana goldfields oh, right. Um, Apart from that, no travel. No travel. Okay, well, I'm
0: excited. There's a new story. It's it's a very uh, well-established, long story, but in a way, there's a new component to it, which is why I want to speak to you today. But uh, let's get into that in a minute. Could you kick off, give us that 1-minute overview of the business for people who perhaps haven't heard it, and then I'll get stuck
1: in after that. Sure. So, you know, there's probably 3 things about it that's that's different. Firstly, the underlying asset at Metaxe is massive. It's over 18 million ounces of gold and 500 million ounces of silver in Mexico, in Durango, which is a good place to be. We're well funded. We got over $35 million in the bank. And with the deal that was done with Olderly Gold, we bring in a new technology and a new team that can solve the well known metallurgical problem that this project has had forever. Um, It's not really a met problem, it's more of a total capital cost overhang problem. The feasibility study that was done in 2016 had a tag price tag of about three and a half billion. The process we're bringing in really brings an order of magnitude difference to both capital costs and operating costs, and that then obviously helps margins significantly.
0: Okay, you say it's not a met problem, but the market thinks it is. I think the company has suffered from that. Label for a long time now, and we're going to hear why perhaps you've solved solved that problem. But do you mind if I kind of bring it back a bit? Because it's like I say, first time we've spoken, first time we've met, first time I've heard this story, you know, from a from a board member. So can we just bring it back a bit and see what you've walked into, um, if you if you don't mind? Um, why don't we start off with understanding who you are, what's your track record? What have
1: you done? You know, where have you come from? Sure. Um, so. Alan Pangborn. I'm a metallurgist by profession. I've been in the mining industry my entire career. I've had many different hats, many different seats, uh, Worked, lived in 7 different countries, worked in probably double that. Uh, worked in South America for over 22 years. I ran an engineering company initially, building lump sum turnkey projects for the Gold business specifically uh, in Chile and Peru and elsewhere. And then I went to the other extreme, joined uh, the largest mining company on the planet, BHP, and um, did the first feasibility or pre-feasibility study for Aguarica, which still hasn't been built, and that was one of the reasons we probably dropped it in BHP. Um, built the Tintire Oxide project up in Peru, and then built probably the largest single-build uh, Sulphide Heap Leach Oxidation Recovering Copper. At Spence, which is just outside of Calama in Chile. And that was a billion dollars back when you could still buy something for a billion dollars. Um, you know, and it was a massive project. It was uh, 250,000 ton a day mine, 200,000 ton of copper, just huge. So built stuff. Um, most recently, I was the COO at SSR for five years. I came in just after they started up um, Piraquitas in Argentina. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And I came in to help the CEO, the new CEO at the time. We fixed that. And then as anybody who's followed the SSR story, we took that company from a single struggling asset all the way up to three assets across three different countries, improved all three of them and turned it from a hundred thousand equivalent gold production to over 400 and market cap went from 500 to 2 billion. But more importantly, from my point of view, we changed the culture inside the company to be a production company where you get rewarded for delivery. And at the end of the day, my role as COO was deliver production costs consistently quarter over quarter, year after year. And we changed the culture in SSR and we did that. In fact, we did it the entire five years I was there. And they've continued to do it for the last three years since I left. So, change the culture, change the company. Um, so yeah, I've done all that before. Um, now with Chesapeake and Metatis, it's uh, do it again. Yeah. Well, you, you sound you sound like you're a problem solver,
0: right? That that that's mm. what comes across when I read about you, when I've watched interviews, when I'm listening to you now. You, you seem like you. Uh, like solving problems, which is great because you 've got an almighty one here it seems did you know what you were walking into, or was it serendipity
1: that you came together um, we were looking for it we were looking for this type of project because the technology we bring will change the way people look at refractory gold deposits
0: well let's let 's clear that up for people okay you' you 're talking about the elderly uh, Oxidation, sorry, oxidation technology that you have, you own, right? That's what we you-
1: don't own it. We licensed it. Got it. So I've been I've been watching the technology for quite a long time, um, and I approached them about two and a half years ago, got a license, and then put it into olderly, which was our private company, and we've been looking at assets for the last two and a half years, trying to find. The one that works for everybody. Yeah. You know, when you do these deals, you have to have three things. Technically, it has to work financially for both parties. It has to work and socially, it has to work that they're going to allow you to come in, take over their company and do what you need to do to make, make it all come together. And Chesapeake was the one that we found that ticked all the boxes. We looked at many others ticked. Two out of three, one out of three, none out of three, um, but but Chesapeake ticked all three boxes. Um, most of the previous team is still there, and I'm working with them, and we'll work out how we're going to put all this together as we move forward. We've only been in I've only been in the seat three weeks, and you're the first major interview I've done.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Um, let's um, talk about the technology. So let, we'll, we'll come back to, you know, the, the marriage, as it were, but let's talk about the technology. So you um, licensed this out or decided to work mm-hmm.
1: with this technology. How long ago? As I said, I've been watching it for a long time, um, probably 7-years plus. Um, and then 2.5-years and then ago, I put together a company, brought a license into it um, and with that license, I get access to all of that R&D that was done over the last seven or so years, and also, more importantly than the patent pending and, and what works, I actually get to see all of the other things that they try that didn't work. And that's really important. People often miss that piece. Yeah, you've got a recipe, but that doesn't make you a chef. It's all those things that don't work or don't make it come out quite right, and so that gives you the operating window that you've got to operate in and why. The important thing as well with these things is why. Why does it work? Not just it does. You know, you've got to understand the fundamental physics and chemistry behind it. Once you do that, you go, aha, got it.
0: Okay, but so explain what you've got a license for. You've got a license to use this technology and adapt it any way you see fit, or are are they in charge? Who's in charge when you're applying it to something like Chesapeake? Who makes the decisions? We do. Right.
1: We do. So we the only tie back to the license, or is a one percent royalty stream on production using their technology? So if if argument's sake, I came across another asset where there's a different way to do it. And As you said, I enjoy solving problems. Um, we can go after that as Chesapeake and do what we want with it. If we want to use the license and that technology we owe the owner a 1% Royalty Stream once we're in production, any, any improvements are mutually shared. Um, and that, that's the only thing. There's no, there's no limits on where we can use it. It's unrestricted. Um, as long as we comply with the terms, it's uncancellable. So, okay. well, so
0: off we go. Brilliant. So you've got someone who um, owns this technology, oxidation um, technology, yep. they've licensed it to you. And to how many other people and where is it being used successfully?
1: So the technology is being developed by the licensor at one of his sites at the moment. And they, they're in front of us, right? So they are way further down the track. They've already done all the test work. They've already done the variability columns on their, their, their all body. They've built pilot plant pads and small ones and then larger ones and they're ramping up now. Um, so they're in front of us. So we're a fast follower, not, not the bleeding edge. Right. Um, so that's one advantage that it has being in the situation we are. Um, so that's the only other place it's being used at the moment, is where it was developed. And as far as other licenses, as far as we know, there are no others out there. They're not restricted on, on what they can do with the license. Okay. just the same as I'm not restricted on where I can go and use it. And what is the
0: license? Are we talking about a flow sheet? Are we talking about chemicals? I mean, what exactly have you All of bought? that. Right. So break All it down that. for me. Tell me what it
1: involves. Um, so it's, it's a process chemistry set that allows applicable to heat leaching. So it's a bit akin to the copper business. The copper business has been oxidising secondary copper sulphides, three decades. Um, I saw the very first one at poo the whale just out of Santiago and I built one of the largest ones. So, I've I've been around the whole concept around you can oxidise sulphides and get good recoveries out of half-inch crushed material in a heap leach for a long time. So, when I saw this technology on the Gold space, I recognised it and I went, Aha! Gold, refractories, Billion-dollar autoclaves. This doesn't require billions of dollars to build a heap bleach. You can build heap bleaches for a tenth of the price that you build an autoclave plant for. Yeah, and if you look at the presentation, there's some, some benchmarks in there that compare autoclave plants that are known against a heap bleach ble- bleach plants that are known, both capital and operating costs, and and the the delta is phenomenal. Yeah? Okay.
0: Well, let, let, let's park that for now I do want to come back to it but I, I want people to actually understand what it's being applied to you mentioned some pretty big numbers in there we're, we're you're know, talking mostly about metatus in Mexico there's a outlier project in, in Nevada to but I think we'll just if you don't mind for today just park yeah. that up because the key for you is being able to unlock um you know metata, metatus, um because these are huge numbers I could when I was reading this I was trying to work out has this one of the world's worst business plans because it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as opposed to trying to unlock um, the value by actually starting to mine. But was that the problem? They could, people could, the people who were running it couldn't work out how
1: to unlock it, technically, metallurgically? They worked out how to unlock it. An autoclave solves the problem. It does work, right? The problem is the capital cost. And therefore the economics. If you're prepared to give me three and a half billion dollars, I'll go build an autoclave plant. I won't because I think that's a stupid thing to do in this particular case because the economics don't work. It's an economic issue, not a technical issue. Once you find another way to crack the nut, you don't need a sledgehammer, which is what an autoclave or a roaster is. Right. You need to tickle it, not bash it. Yeah. And and the heat bleach approach allows you to do that at a way more economic position. Yeah. Way less energy, way less water, way less capital. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's almost Nirvana. If you can do this this way. Right. And we believe we can. We believe we've got the chemistry set that will do it.
0: Right. So, so, okay. So let's come back to the chemistry set because I wanted to, I mean, I like that tickle it, don't bash it. Um, I think I wanted to understand, um, you know, what attempts have been made by, you know, because by, by the previous management team, because there's, I say 2016 PFS, but a couple of PFSs, I think, along the way, mm-hmm. right? And the numbers are vast in terms of the, 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 the capex and the opex, etc. And you'd need gold to be at, Quite, a, quite an interesting price to actually make money. So, so I, I get the economics, but you're coming along saying, "Hey, I can probably um, knock ninety percent of the cost off of this, and unlock the potential here." So, what have you done to to be able to prove that to the previous board who you have? Well, are they still there, or have you completely
1: replaced them? The yeah, no, there's there's most there's there's been one, two, three, four of us are new on the board. myself. Right. And, and three new board members, um, and two—I think it was two—dropped off. So we've gained a couple. Um, so you know, it, it hasn't been a complete RTO. Um, it isn't. It's an agreed transition from old to new. Right. Okay. Um,
0: so you—you've had to—you've so had to say we've got a solution here, and they go, "Sure, you have." They all say that. No, let me show yeah. you. And you've stepped in and said, you, you've done what? Lab conditions? Pilot, so we, we it did worked?
1: two, two things. We did two things um, before we did this deal. One was we obviously got some samples from Metatis, ran them through the lab and made sure that at least the chemistry works. Because if, chemi- if the sulfides won't oxidize, it all becomes irrelevant. Right? Because you haven't cracked the first step. Uh, so we, we checked that A, metathesis, sulphides will oxidise. B, after they've oxidised, I can still get the Gold and Silver and Cyanide. So it ticked those boxes. It worked chemically, technically. Um, The board, the, the original board got some independent people in to review the test work, review the results. We also took two of the board members at different times to the site where it's being developed. And I tell you, it's really impactful when you can stand somebody in in front of a pile of gray rock and then walk them around the corner and go, look, see, now brown rock. Yeah, quick, kick it. Just just kick the surface and see how deep and how brown it is. It's not we didn't go and paint it or something. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when you stand geologists and, and other technical people in front of something. At scale, where it's started gray, it's now brown, and oh by the way, there's gold and silver coming out the other end Th- those two things together got them over the line.
0: Brilliant. so t- talk to me about the volume so the lab is one thing, right but you've taking them yep. to a site where you're also implementing the technology at at what kind of scale they've
1: they've done test heaps up to fifty thousand tons and they've done three of those.
0: Okay. Yeah, and
1: they're working on now scaling it up beyond that. Right. And what are the problems as you get bigger? Um, operator control in the window is is one issue that comes up, and it's just get it's again it, it's it's a bit of changing mentality that you're actually trying to control a heat bleach, not just throw it and forget it. And she'll be right if we don't get it today, we'll get it tomorrow. If we don't get it in the primary heat bleach. We'll get it in the residual when the next lift comes over. You you hear that that mentality a lot around heap leaches. So, you know, the one of the nice things when you start with a new project that doesn't have anybody you can mold them to fit at the beginning (laughs) as you're selecting the people that, hey, this is new. This is different. It has to be run a certain way. You can't bring all your baggage with you. Yeah. It's, it's like any process. If you've never seen it before, there's a way you've got to do it. Yeah. Um, and as I said earlier, part of the, part of the information you've got is we know what not to do, not only what to do. Yeah. And, and we understand why as you widen out that operating window or try and mix things, it doesn't, it doesn't work and why it doesn't work. And, to stay away from that.
0: Okay, so you've got to go through a process now of testing this at scale, yes, to prove to yourselves, to prove to the market yep. that it that it works. You are getting the recoveries that you think you can get. Yep. It does cost what you think it's going to cost, and yep. so
1: how long are you allowing for that process? First of all, um, so initially you'd, you'd bang on. I mean, the first thing we've got to do is large diameter core drilling get some 3.5-inch rock, get it up to a lab here in Vancouver and do all the typical sort of test work you'd expect to see. Crush size, oxidation times, reagent strengths and consumptions, cyanide leach times, ore variability, all type testing, all of that work needs to be done. And that's going to take 18 months to 2 years. Yeah, I've been around this long enough. Heap leach test work is not a one- month job, yeah CIP might be, but heat bleach you've got to give it time, even a conventional heat bleach takes 90 days per column okay yeah.
0: so, so, so so how are you you're talking about doing a PFS next year
1: How are you going to produce a PFS before your mat work is complete The, the work by mid 2022 will be sufficient to support the the test work we're planning the PFS we're going to update.
0: Right, okay. So it gives you a certain degree of confidence, but will the, because you will
1: continue to do that work. We will continue to do more test work. We won't have completed all of the variability across all of the ore types, um, but our focus initially is on about 205 million tonnes at about a gram a tonne gold equivalent that is all contained in the intrusive. It's slightly higher grade than the rest, so it gives you a nice starter project to work on and and so we'll have the majority of the test work for that done when we do the pre feasibility study update and then we'll be continuing to do particularly all variability type test work you know there, there's two camps out there: do I build a massive pilot plant or do I do lots of variability? I tend to sit in the variability <laughs> camp just because variability will surprise you. The one thing I will guarantee you is the pilot plant sample will not resemble the ore body, except exactly where you took it from. Yeah, It's too much risk. You're better off spending your money drilling way more 3.5-inch holes and getting more variability samples from around the ore body. And understanding that variability than a single point that you design on that is very dangerous. I'm
0: glad you said that. Um, so therefore, when you're doing the new pre-feasibility study, you're going to have to give ranges in terms of the economics, yes. aren't you? Right. Yeah. yeah. But you think by the time you do feasibility, which you're you're telling us is 2023, you should have a little bit more certainty because of your variability testing and you've got more data points to feed it. That's what yep, you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Good. Yep, exactly. Totally understood. Totally understood. Um, so you raised some money in August, 20 million bucks. Well, the previous management team mm-hmm. presumably raised the money uh, yep. then. Um, how much have you got left today?
1: We've got 35 million in the bank today. And we believe that's enough to actually get us to the end of the feasibility study. The reason for that is because with such a large deposit that's already been drilled out, I don't have to do a large infill drilling program until you actually get to the point you say, right, we're going to build this thing, do the infill drilling for grade control and all the normal things you do before you start up a project. So 35 million should get us to the end of 2023 sometime.
0: Fantastic. And because you've well, you are suggesting the capex should come down dramatically. This doesn't need a major or large mid-tier to step in and
1: get involved. Is that, is that what you're making? That's, that, that's correct. If if it all works out as we believe it will, and we've obviously done some calculations before we even did the deal on what we thought this could be, um, we it, you end up with a project that is financeable by a company the size of Chesapeake. It's buildable and deliverable and operable For a company this size, and then it's scalable because we're starting just on that 205 million tons. We're thinking about starting in the 15 to 20,000 ton a day range. Why that range? In my experience, it's actually a nice size. Um, you know, nice is a horrible adjective, but it's, it's a project that a small, competent management team can keep their arms around and actually deliver it on time, on budget, safely, and it all works work, all those nice four things you have to always do yeah and and it's financeable by a company the size of Chesapeake you're not looking at going out and raising a billion dollars in equity off of three how do you do that you can't yeah and you don't need one of the big boys to come in and say we'll help you trust me right so we can do it ourselves and it it then forms the cornerstone of a a company. Um, there's, there's one slide in the deck, even when I put it together, I looked at it and went, this can't be right. And we checked the numbers and checked the numbers. And it's the one that compares the 2P Reserve to the 2P Reserves of the likes of Kinross, Kirkland Lake, um, Agnico Eagle, with the, the 3 big ones next to it. There is more 2P Reserve in Metatis than there is in those other 3 companies as a whole. That's the end goal. That's not going to happen tomorrow, that's not going to happen in three years. but that's the end goal. That is Metatis is a cornerstone asset to build a real mining company on. right And that's what we want to do. So build it small to start with, capital that we can finance, project we can manage, and then scale. And scaling up is always easier and cheaper than building the first one. So it's it's all about risk mitigation as well. It's it's lump sized pieces that we can take and we can digest of what is an elephant. We know where the elephant is. We know what the grade of the elephant is. It's now just how do I break it up into pieces and, and then build the company around that.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt that it's always been a big project. It's always you know been about can I rec- how much can I metal can I recover right that that's yeah being what people are addressing, uh, or needing to see addressed. When do you think people should start listening to your story again? Because you haven't proved anything yet. You've got still some proof points to to hit. So, why should the market pay attention to you now?
1: It depends on the type of investor that they are. You know, Uncle Eric will tell you all the time, you know, take the Metathis Resource Reserve, give me a dollar an ounce for the silver, and I'll give you the gold for free. And we're still undervalued by a factor of two. Right. He said that in his podcasts around other assets as well. It's one of his, his mantras he uses. Yeah. And we all know Eric is looking for large silver plays and that's fine. So if you're that sort of investor, you should probably already be in it because silver's already gone up. Yeah. You might have even missed the boat a little bit, but Matatis has been quiet for a long time. So we're significantly undervalued on that metric. As soon as the market understands that we're not going to try and build a three and a half billion dollar project, the overhang that that has on the market should prick up the interest of the investors, because at a ninety percent reduction on the capital, you can do the numbers yourself, and you suddenly look at it and go, even at seventy five percent recoveries, which is what you typically see in an oxide bleach, at the size we're looking at we're undervalued compared to our peers, big time. Factor of six, I think, one of the slides shows. Um, So it really depends on what type of investor you are and when you want to come into the story, but there's multiple entry points as we produce the results from the test work. Even today, if it's an option play on the metal price, take your pick. But so tell me this,
0: um, you talk about different types of investors, but what type of CEO are you? Are you tempted to leverage this, Frothy silver market at the moment, and change this to a silver-led story. Is that no, no,
1: no, no? It, it, look, it, every there's fast money moves around, and it's called fast money for a reason, right? And so you 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 saw it with the Reddit thing, and it was just ludicrous. Um, we we're, we're going to build this thing. We're going to build a company. It's the same as it did when I was we were with SSR. We took a struggling company and a single asset and built a bigger, better, reliable, predictable company out of it that makes money. Yeah. And then you can value me as a company the same as you value Kinross, Kirkland, Lake, Agnico, Eagle, B2, whoever. And that takes time. But I'm here for the long run. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, the deal we did with Chesapeake was all paper and it's locked up in escrow for up to seven years and it's based on milestones. So I've got skin in the game. I'm here for the seven year ride to get this thing built, running and beyond. So we say, we say, just tell me, what do you mean up to seven years? When, when can people start dumping this into the market? Um, so there's in the, in it's all in the, Per public market sure. now, but there's a five, I think it's a five percent per annum for the first four years, and okay. then there's three milestones: feasibility study, construction decision, commercial production on Metatis or a other large asset that's not Talabusa. So.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, and that's that's interesting. So there's no big overhang waiting to happen.
1: No, no, there isn't. There isn't a big bang when all of a sudden there's 10 million shares suddenly come out. Okay. Unless we're already producing, they all come out by the time we're in commercial production.
0: Right, and again, it, just a sense of where, where your head's at. This this project has always needed high precious metal prices, right? But mm-hmm. what's your view of the market going forward in terms of where we're at? You, you said obviously that ridiculousness with Reddit and so forth. I guess you're talking about the silver squeeze. Um, where, <laughs> and where, where, and where do you, th- where, do you th- where do you think this thing settles? Dan what what surprising do you need to see or expect to see
1: we We still need to do the work behind the the study work to actually understand what the margins end up looking like, but you know it's it's going to be a very healthy project, certainly at these prices, way back down fifteen hundred or below, I wouldn't be surprised if it's under a thousand cash costs easily, yeah. But we've got to do the work first. Yeah. And you know, where's the gold price going to settle? I don't know. The one thing I do know, whatever I tell you, I'll be wrong. Probably. We all yeah, will be. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um well look at that.
0: Great run-through. I, I wanted to like I was really keen to speak to you guys because I said, you know, when when I first looked at this and when we looked at it last year, it just seemed problematic. Let's use the word problematic. Um yeah. You've come in. You've made an agreement. Your feet are just under the table. Uh, You've got a bunch of stuff you've got to now deliver into the market. Um, So we can expect to see sort of what? What sort of regular communication can we expect to see from you with regards to the the tests and uh,
1: various results? So there's there's a couple of things. You know, we we're working on getting the permit, mobilizing a contractor to drill the holes, and we've already started doing that, and, and we hope to get that. On the ground by the end of the month. Once we do, we'll, we'll let the world know we're drilling the holes, guys. We'll get the, then we'll get the samples up to Vancouver. We've already talked to a lab. We're sorting out quotes on what the work's going to cost. I need to pull a budget together for how much money are we going to burn this year and go back to the board and go, here you go. This is what we're going to spend it on. And these are the different things within that. Um, one of the things we want to do, which is probably a little unusual, but. We want to take the existing PFS and get it back, an update to it, where in section 2425 you can add other significant information or something. It's called under the 43101 guidelines, where we put a scoping study of what this looks like with Metatis. So we'll do some engineering around layouts, earthworks, construction costs in Mexico, what does it cost to get reagents down to Mexico? All of those things says we've got a handle on at a scoping level, scoping, plus or minus 30 plus. Yeah. Um, and then the investors can compare and see if they believe if the Met tests are positive, this is what it could look like. Yeah. Um, and compare that to the the order play, which we don't think is the way to go. You stole my question. Can't believe it.
0: You stole my scoping question. Well, look, I'm, I am I like the story you've laid out. Uh, proof's in the pudding. Um, yep. So let's let's see what comes out of the next few weeks and, uh, and months. Uh, best of luck with the new venture. Um, Thank hope you. it goes well and stay in touch, okay? Thanks a lot and
1: uh, have a good day.